Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Toyo Open Country AT3. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Kevin Hart here. This basketball season, Chase Freedom Unlimited is helping me cash back on everything, even the sound system that auto-tunes the game. Curry from way downtown. Defense. Will the owner of a red sedan please visit guest services? Bet you've never heard cash back and sound like that. Cash back like a pro with Chase Freedom Unlimited. Chase, make more of what's yours. Restrictions and limitations apply. Cards are issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com slash consulting. IBM. Let's create. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What is up, everybody? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire. Friday, December 11th. Two weeks to go until Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Holidays. How pumped is everybody Got some extra spending money if you cashed on Rams, Patriots, under. What a no-sweat under. You know, we told you guys, Patriots offense is a joke. Rams defense, phenomenal. Rams defense in the second half is the best in the league. You just can't score on them. And uh, it was some dicey moments early, especially when there's 10 points right off the bat and then 17 with the defensive touchdown. But the Patriots are just that bad, folks. It will be no playoffs for Belichick. And Tom Brady, definitely the big winner. You know he's smirking down in Tampa this weekend, heading into his game against Minnesota. We'll get to the best bet for Week 14. Best bets, sorry. I got four of them later in the podcast, but coming up. Great interview with a former NFL GM, Randy Mueller. He was with Seattle forever. He was with the Chargers. Uh, He's got some great stories. He was in Miami with Nick Saban. Remember Nick Saban's brief tour of duty in the NFL? Wait till you hear about that. Really good, fun stuff. And, um, 
you guys will learn a little bit about the 2021 draft and the process that front offices go through when they're sifting through players, uh, team philosophies, really good inside football stuff. And listen, I don't want to nerd out too much, um, but I will say one of the cool things, uh, I'm so fortunate and hashtag blessed um, to have been in FS1 the last four years. I'm telling you, the one thing I did anytime someone rolled through and I was on a show with them, I saw him in the hall. I would just be a sponge, asking questions, trying to learn. Former NFL coaches, former NFL GMs, former players, current players. Uh, I am able to text with some uh, pro athletes that have come through. And, of course, you know, I, I try to be cool. I try to be Jason around them and um, you know, you pick up some stuff here and there. And uh, just being a sponge and always trying to learn. Like, uh, I may think I know everything. I may sound like I know everything. I obviously don't know everything or even close to it. I'm always trying to learn. And I will say one thing I learned watching Rams Patriots last night. um, There's a little, a little bit. If you squint really hard, you can see some Kansas City Chiefs in this Sean McVay offense. Obviously, Goff is not Pat Mahomes, not even close. And that's the big, big difference. And probably what could hold the Rams back ultimately from, you know, being a juggernaut here the next couple years. But their offense is so diverse. When you have Cup and Woods, both of them went over 100 yards a couple weeks back against Tampa. They can go to the two tight end sets with Everett and Hybe, Tyler Hybe. Remember, that was I was not ready for that against the Eagles earlier this season. And McVay totally went with a different game plan than I was expecting and destroyed the Eagles, and I lost my bet. And now what you're seeing is the emergence of the three-headed running back. It's almost as if... The Rams were saving Cam Akers, the speedy kid out of FSU, for late in the season. Because as soon as he gets the handoff, he's at a different speed than everyone else. Teams are tired in December. You're 12, 13 games into the season. This is week 14, and Cam Akers is like, I mean, he just looks like a like a young pup out there just burning around. I mean, he went, I mean, he had like 130 yards in the first half, I think. I, I finished with a buck 71, six yards like every time he touched the ball, and Again, I'm not going overboard here, but the ability for them to say, oh, we're going to hit you with Cam Akers. Oh, no, this is going to be a Daryl Henderson game. Oh, no, we're going to mix in some Malcolm Brown. Like the ability to just bludgeon you with running backs and then say, no, 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 we're going to go heavy with the two tight ends and we're going to work the tight ends or say we're going to go with Cup and Woods. I mean, you got Josh Reynolds. You got the kid uh, Van Jefferson, young kid out of Florida. I I don't see him with a catch. Last night. Doesn't even matter. He could come back next week and have four catches. They're so diverse. It could beat you in so many ways. I, I really do see that with the Kansas City Chiefs. And they have a great matchup this weekend. Uh, in terms of great to watch, not favorable for them, against the Miami Dolphins. Um, we know Miami this year under Brian Flores has done heavy, heavy blitzes. Zero blitz. Flummoxed. Totally confused Goff. Turned him over four times. And they can do that. Well, you can't do that to Pat Mahomes. His receivers are too speedy. Mahomes is too good against pressure. I think I saw the number 11 touchdowns and zero interceptions under pressure this season. You can't do that. So what do you do? You sit back in the zone against Mahomes and, and, and hope that he makes a mistake? or Death by a thousand cuts, let Travis Kelsey eat you up for 12 catches? You could do that. You want to sit back in a passive zone and they'll just run. Edwards Hilaire and uh, Le'Veon Bell, and they'll just they'll just beat you with the run. Like, they can beat you so many ways. That's what you want, a diverse offense. A tight end, receivers, uh, running backs, and a quarterback who can beat you with everything. Goff is the big question mark. I can, do, I can definitely see the Rams 
getting out of the NFC and going to the Super Bowl. The, the potential is there, and that defense is phenomenal. But the game wasn't that interesting, so we won't dive in, into it anymore. Let's get now to our interview with former NFL GM Randy Mueller. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Hey, it's Kevin Hart. In this basketball season, Chase Freedom Unlimited is helping me cash back all my game tickets. Plus, tickets for 23 of my biggest fans to cheer me on while I enjoy the game. I appreciate the support, people. Eat that pretzel. This will never get old. Use more napkins. Okay, this is starting to get old. Say the tagline. Cash back like a pro with Chase Freedom Unlimited. Chase, make more of what's yours. Restrictions and limitations apply. Cards are issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. Father's Day is coming. A day we celebrate the guy who's always there for us. To crack a dad joke. Well, you know what's not a dad joke? Getting $50 off the Bartesian Premium Cocktail Maker with the purchase of his favorite cocktail capsule pack. $50 off. No dad joke. See, this is a dad joke. I lost my glasses today, and guess who I bumped into? Everyone. But the Bartesian Cocktail Maker? It's no joke. Each cocktail capsule contains real fruit juices and all-natural bitters, so Dad can make over 60 premium cocktails he loves. Sidecars, old fashions, gimlets, all with the push of a button. So, for the dad who loves a cocktail with friends and a good joke from time to time, get the Bartesian Premium Cocktail Maker. $50 off now until Father's Day. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash father to get 50 off the best premium cocktail maker for dad at the best price for you. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code, a lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant, AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash code assistant. IBM. Let's create. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com, or download the app today. You know a guy. 
Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports. I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. All right, let's welcome into Straight Fire a former front office guy. Spent 20 years with the Seahawks, time in Miami, spent time with the Chargers. He does a podcast with Mike Sando at The Athletic. Let's welcome in Randy Mueller. Randy, how are you, man? Doing great. Good to be with you. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Now, we've talked on the radio before, uh, and and I remember both times that I've been on with you. I think it was doing the Dan Patrick show. I came away with, oh boy, this guy's really plugged in. He knows what's going on. (laughs) And listen, as a guy who was born in New York and is a longtime Jets fan, I have a lot of questions uh, about what's about to happen in New York. But before that, um, I wanted to look at quickly week 14 in the NFL um, several really good games, and I kind of want to start with the team you spent some time with, the Miami Dolphins. Um, they are hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. Everybody and their mom has the Chiefs, uh, the best team in the league. They're going to win the yep. Super Bowl. They have Mahomes. But I, I just want to look at Miami quickly because they've turned things around very rapidly. And as a front yep. office guy, you know that can be tough. And, I mean, Brian Flores last year started out, uh, you know, first-time head coach, leaving the Belichick nest. And they were unwatchable, Randy. They were a train wreck for like the first five weeks. But since then, it's been a pretty rapid turnaround. I want to start by asking, are you surprised at how quickly it has, that transformation has happened in Miami? No, not really. I mean, I think everything that I knew and learned and and had had thought Brian Flores was, he has been. I think he has um, brought with him enough of the Patriot way. Chris Greer was uh, was our college director when I was there in Miami. So I go back with Chris and know him very well. I think the two of them make a great match. I think they've become really the faces of a franchise that was just looking for leadership, looking for direction. And they've done that. The players have bought in. They've made a ton of moves. They've made a lot of changes this past offseason. I kind of liked them in our uh, preview picks uh, before the season even started because the amount of change that they had made. And they've done nothing to, you know, to let us down with regard to that. I think they are both believed by their locker room. The players are on board with what they're doing. And gosh, who knows how far you can go when you all believe in the same thing. Yeah, and you, you saw that with their, when they're fighting for one another, literally fighting to defend yeah. each other against the Bengals last week. But I'm curious, though. We've seen so many uh, former Bill Belichick guys yep. make moves and then just fail. I mean, Matt yep. Patricia, the latest in Detroit. Um, we know, you know how the carousel works. Josh McDaniels is going to get talked about come January. (laughs) It's going to happen maybe earlier. I don't know. I'm, you know, as a front office guy, how do you, how difficult is it to handicap who's going to hit and who's going to miss and be successful? Cause there's another name out there, Eric B in Kansas city. Everybody thought, Oh, I'm shocked. He didn't get a job last year. Well, his name's going to come up again and he's going to be, you know, one of the guys at the top of the list, especially if the chiefs win the super bowl again. How difficult is it to get a gauge on who's going to be successful and who's not? Is there like a process you go through to to just try to right. understand who's going to hit and miss? Well, you definitely want to make it a process that's very systematic, that's for sure, having hired a couple coaches in my time. And and you mentioned it, the, the track record has not been good for people to spin off of the Patriot tree. It just hasn't worked out. I think the hard thing to to really project is how much of the Patriots way are you getting? But at the same time, you're getting a coach who's his own guy, who's not coming trying to be Bill Belichick 
or trying to be everything the Patriots were. I think there's a fine line there that you have to be authentic. You have to be who you are. I think in Brian's case, he's definitely authentic in who he is. I think you're seeing that a little bit with Joe Judge in New York. Mm. You know, he comes off the Patriot tree as well. He turned around and built a defense really in one offseason that using kind of the Patriot criteria for finding players. So there's certain things that you hope they bring with them that has been successful in, in uh, New England. But short of bringing uh, Belichick and uh, TB12 with them, there's no guarantees. So that's why a lot of them have not worked out like these last two have. So you mentioned the process and you know, authenticity mattering. I think that's been huge for me here in sports media and others would echo that. But I, how, I just wonder, you, we watch so many of these coaches leave Belichick, yep. Randy, and they want to do exactly what they did in New England. Hey, we're not going to blitz. We're just going to rush four. We're going to have our cornerbacks locked down on the outside. And Patricia kept trying that, and it was like yeah. the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting right. different results. It, it just wasn't happening. Now, Flores has the cornerbacks. And it's right. kind of working. He's doing a lot of zero blitz, which is a little change, um, a little bit of a change. And I just wonder, like, I talked to Eric Mangini at FS1 a lot because we would be in the halls. And as a Jets guy, I would always be like, oh, how was it, you know? Yeah. And I just wonder, do you, you say authentic. And I just wonder if you're in that tree, that coaching tree, do you, you know, we always think we're getting a facsimile or someone who studied under Andy Reid, we're seeing his right. disciples struggle this year. I, I don't know. There's just so much that goes into it, Randy. It almost yeah. feels inexact. It's definitely inexact, but I do think after you've been around a while, you can hone in on some not, not, not specific things that others wouldn't know, but you can't get away from the fact that you're hiring a leader of men. That's the number one thing. And you've got to hire a communicator and someone that can communicate with all walks of life. People that come from all areas, all, all races, all everything imaginable. A football team is a melting pot, right? So you've got to have a communicator that can identify with everybody. I think that's what you see in Brian Flores, or at least that's what I see. Mm -hmm. I think some of the guys that have struggled when they got out of out and away from the New England way have tried to do it exactly like Bill does. They're not Bill. They yeah. can't communicate like Bill. Bill has a great knack, and people don't see it because he's so stoic most of the time, but he's got a great knack for kicking guys in the butt, but five minutes later, he's hugging them, and they love him. And that's yeah, hard think, to that's yeah. hard to find, you know. That's the best coaches, right? I mean, I've been spent time with Nick Saban in Miami. I worked yeah. with him. I worked with Mike Holmgren in Seattle. They both have that. They can kick him in the butt. Five minutes later, those same guys are hugging him. So there's a respect there and a level of communicating that is authentic that players have to know you have their back. Yeah, tough love seems to be a theme uh, that's recurring yeah. in this business. Uh, let, let me ask, though, quickly, uh, Randy, when I look at this uh, overall NFL landscape, it looks like we're going to have at least four or five head coaches, at least four or five GMs. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just let's say that my New York Jets came to you and were asking advice. Hey, Randy, I've heard you. <laughs> you, know, you have a great track record. I've heard you talk on podcasts. What do you think the process should be? Lay it out for me. Let, let's hear you explain to Woody Johnson. Um, who I don't know if he's going to listen very well, but let's hear you <laughs> lay it out to Woody what the what the path should be for the Jets who are going to get the number one pick here. Well, there's no question. There is, like I said, a process, and you've got to figure out what you want to be as a franchise. You've got to identify the correct head coach that you can kind of parallel your views and philosophies with. You don't have to come from the same walks of life. You don't have to come from the same team. You don't have to do any of that stuff, but you do have to have a criteria for what you want. So it's hard to fill a job if you don't have a job description, right? 
So the first thing you need to do is sit down and figure out what's the description we're looking for in a head coach. And then that also carries over to the descriptions of your staff. And then even more importantly, you have to have a clear job description for each position, each player you're looking for. That's the thing that New England has done better than any professional franchise in my time. They have identified by position the individual characteristics that they want from their players. And then they go out in a disciplined fashion and find guys mm. to do that. They, they accentuate the positives of players and don't put them in positions where the negatives are an issue. So those are things that I think a lot of teams build or a lot of organizations build players based on just talent alone. What might be good for you isn't necessarily great for me because the systems we run are different. So you've got to find a way to have a detailed job description that exactly builds the team with the strengths that you're going to use once these players get on the field. There's always a disconnect there. In fact, you can use Dallas as an example Mm. of that. The people in Dallas that they've acquired really don't fit the scheme that they're running. So there's a big disconnect there. And as we saw the other night, I mean, it can be embarrassing. It can be bad. So those are things that I think go unnoticed. It's just not about collecting players. We saw Cleveland collect players for two or three years there, but they didn't fit what they were doing uh, from a scheme standpoint. Now they do. So it's a, it's, a, it's a fine line because you want to find great players, but you want to find the players that fit what you're doing the best. Yeah, I like what you said about accentuating the positives. I've, I've heard so many people say, this guy can't do that. This yep. guy cannot <laughs> do that. Well, okay, so why are we talking about what he cannot do? Let's focus right. on what he can do. And, and I like your philosophy angle. My question, you know, we know what the Steelers are. You asked me a word yep. to define the Steelers. Toughness, blue-collar yep. trenches. They are a bunch of tough guys, right? Yep. Baltimore Ravens are the same. What are my New York Jets? What's their philosophy? What's their identity? What what are the New York Jets? You know, I struggle with that because I don't think they have one. And let me yeah. just say this. I, I, for our podcast this week, Mike Sando went back and listened to the, to the um, press conference where Joe Douglas took over the team. Mm. And he said some interesting things there about he listed several players that he thought were really good and he was looking forward to adding to them. Well, guess what's happened the first 18 months? He's, He's got, got rid, rid of, of them all. <laughs> I knew that so, was coming. So I'm not, I'm not really looking to get rid of good players. we got to figure out how we're going to use them. I think what happens a lot of places, and maybe Joe's guilty of this, I don't know. When you go somewhere, you want so bad to put your stamp on things yeah. that you want your guys, right? You want your guys. And coaches and GMs underestimate how hard it is to get good players. When you get rid of good players, it might take you two years to replace them. And guess what? They still might not be as good as the last one. So I think it – you know, look at Jamal Adams. They might find a Jamal Adams at some point, but it might take him a year or two. And then by the time he gets into the swing of things, he, is he going to be as good as Jamal Adams was? Probably not. So you, you've got to – I'm, I'm with Joe on what he said initially. I want to add to what we have, yeah. and I'm going to put my own ego aside, and we're going to find a way to use what's there and then add to it. I'm sure a lot of people heard you mention, oh, you were with Nick Saban. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the Nick Saban situation in Miami. Um, really, the only uh, thing holding him back is being maybe the greatest coach in football history. I know some people want to mention him in that breath. Um, right. I just, I guess, tell us what a little what that was like uh, with Saban down there in Miami. It was actually awesome. And, and <laughs> was it hard? Of course it was hard. You know, Nick has a way to make it hard, and that's his personality. And I get it. But I'll just say this. I went to Miami with 25 years of NFL experience under my belt. I had some success, built some playoff teams, was named executive of the year. I got there, and he made me so much better at my job in the two years we were together 
that I'll be forever indebted to him. I mean, it was awesome. Yeah, maybe I lost 15 pounds and he kicked my butt for two years, but it's not for everybody. Yeah. But if we're talking about a profession in which you're always looking to get better, he made me way better. I had to tighten down the screws on everything we did in the personnel end because I knew he would at some point, you didn't want him to find the flaw. Yeah. So he made us all better. And it was outstanding. People say a lot of bad things about Nick's time in Miami. But, you know, the first year we were 9-7, and seven, ended up on a seven-game winning streak. The following year, we started the season on a Thursday night in Pittsburgh uh, against a team that had won had played in the Super Bowl the year before. So we kind of were on our way. We ended up losing that game, and things kind of spiraled on us. And we finished the season 6-10, and 10, which sometimes happens after you have some initial steps forward. But I don't have any doubt Nick would have figured it out, and Nick would have been good if he would have stayed the course in Miami. Unfortunately, the Alabama thing was for him. It was too good to, to pass up, and, and the rest is history. And like you say, he's become definitely the greatest college coach ever, and I don't think you can argue that. Yeah. One of the things I had read about him at Alabama, what helps make him so successful, is he knows where all of the players on his football team are. He knows their schedule. And I don't want to, I don't know if I want to use the word control, but he's able to say, we need to talk to our left tackle. Where is he right now? Oh, weight room. Okay. He's in this class. We'll get him right after. And there's control. And I I guess apparently he just, he didn't realize in the NFL, it doesn't work like that. And and there was a big learning curve. Um, In terms of Saban in Miami, like you you said, that seven game win streak, there was some optimism. Mm -hmm. What do you think changed in that second year? Oh, I think just the losing itself. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, there, he had several guys on his staff. In, in fact, uh, Will Muschamp, Kirby Smart, um, Dan Quinn, Jason, uh, 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 Jason, the, the Cowboys coach. Yeah, all those guys. Yeah, uh, Mike Malarkey, Dom Capers. Want me to keep going? That's I mean, a ridiculous. All these, yeah, yeah. yeah, all these guys were on our staff. So there's a reason we were successful. Again, it was hard on some of us, but it was also very rewarding in that we knew we were doing the best thing every day to win. And we were all, you know, of the same ilk. We knew we were going to get pushed. And, and like I said, it's not for everybody. But some those of us that survived the pushing turned out to be a, a, a good thing for us. And, and I think it would have won in the long haul for sure. Let me ask you about two names that I hear this year. Uh, one of them is Jim Harbaugh. We don't know if he's staying at Michigan. Mm-hmm. He might just end up staying, but there's a chance he comes back to the NFL. Right. You know, and again, there's a big disconnect between social media and reality. You go on social media, I don't want to hire Jim Harbaugh. He stinks, right? I mean, you know, the football Twitter crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in reality, this is a guy who has turned around so many programs. Basically, everywhere he's gone, he's been successful. Right. He has stubbed his toe at Michigan, obviously. It has not gone well right. this year specifically. But how do you feel uh, about the idea of a team bringing in uh, Jim Harbaugh in, in this offseason? Well, I think if it was a setup with the right people around him, and you mentioned it earlier when re- with regard to Nick, it's more than a one-man job. Yeah. I think really what's, what Jim has struggled with at Michigan is – Jim, the GM, Jim, the evaluator has kind of let down Jim, the head coach. They really haven't got the guys that recruited the right guys to do what he wants to do there. That would be out of his hands in the NFL. I assume he'd go somewhere where there was a GM. I don't think at this point he could demand full power of everything. And and that's not going to happen, you know, and then it's about communicating with everybody and getting along with people. One of the reasons he got out of San Francisco when he did was he struggled to get along with some of the people that were there. At least that was my understanding. So there's some bridges that would have to be crossed there. Um, I I don't know that there's going to be a big demand for, 
for him. Hmm. I really don't. And I know he took the 49ers to the Super Bowl, but I don't know because of all the other things that are involved. Oh. Um, as, as a GM, you've got, a, you've got a little pause button just on what happened in the past. Um, you're going to have to get the right setup personnel-wise, the right group of guys with you. Again, I, I just don't know. I, I'm not ready to buy that there's plenty of options for Jim in the NFL yet. That's just my opinion. Okay, yeah. uh, let's go to another guy then. Uh, a little older, Marvin Lewis, longtime Bengals head coach. I believe he coached with the Bengals for 16 years. Yep. Uh, never won a playoff game. Had a lot of success in Cincinnati. He's now at Arizona State with Herm Edwards. And, yep. you know, listen, we're about to hit the coaching carousel and all of a sudden Marvis, Marvin Lewis's name has come up. Sure. Uh, again, 62 years old. He's in college. He's been out of the NFL since 2018. Right. Final three years with the Bengals, he did not make the playoffs. Um, I, where where are you uh, on, on Marvin Lewis as a head coach? I, we know he's a good man, uh, yeah. by all yeah. accounts. But yeah. is that going to invigorate a fan base? And in 2020, when it's an offensive league, bringing in a defensive coach? I'm just curious as to your thoughts on Marvin yeah. Lewis. No, I, I, I know Marvin. I think he's an excellent coach. What happened in Cincinnati, I'm not willing to blame I think there's some systematic things there in the Cincinnati that are still rearing their head. Yeah. Um, like I say, I could see somebody bringing in a Marvin Lewis if he could combine himself with a young, you know, Sean McVay or somebody like that on offense. Because I think without a doubt, he is a leader of men and he's an excellent communicator. So two of those things are always going to be there for him. Uh, whether at 62, I'm not worried as much about the age. I know he's uh, uh, young enough at heart, and I know he's physically in good shape, so I don't see that being an, a real negative. I do think he would have to team with, with like you mentioned, uh, a couple of younger maybe coordinator types that would help uh, help settle that uh, fan base that kind of is questioning like you. But I, I know Marvin, I like him. I do think he'll get some opportunities. The thing is, if there, if it's true, and there's seven or eight of these NFL jobs that are going to come available. I don't know where you're going to get seven or eight yeah. legitimate guys. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I like the idea of going back and looking at some guys who had some success, both as general managers and as head coaches, yeah. because the thing is, you know that they can lead an organization. You know that it's not going to be a learning curve. I get nervous when some of these teams, especially when you hire GMs, you hire people in, you don't know if they can lead anything. And really as a GM or head coach, you're the head figure things out guy. That's who what you are, right? You got to figure everything out. And if you have to learn your own job, sometimes it's, it's, it's on the job training and that's a good one or two year process as well. So this idea, uh, remember Mike McCarthy, uh, flamed out with Aaron Rodgers the final year. It got ugly between those two, uh, stories said yep. they weren't talking for like the last like four weeks or whatever. Um, yep. and he got a job after a year off with Dallas and you know, it's a little early and they've had a ton of injuries, but my issue with Marvin Lewis is, you know, Randy, do you make him the head coach or do you make him the defensive coordinator? Because I'd be cool with a setup like, hey, McVay's the head coach. Uh, Wade Phillips is the DC. Wade Phillips, of course, has been a head coach before. It worked spectacularly for the Rams. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Wade no. Phillips just has to focus on the defense and building it. Right. And he built it great. Um, but this idea that like, Marvin Lewis should be the head coach, and then you get like a Joe Brady. Like Joe Brady out of Carolina is going to be a hot name. We know that, right? Right. But right. Um, this idea that like Joe Brady's going to make a lateral move to be an offensive coordinator—that's not happening, right? No, I agree a lot with of that. these OCs want to want to be the be the head guy. So yeah. that's the only reason it's tough for me to envision Marvin Lewis being a head coach. While we're on Joe Brady, uh, is it too early to get excited about him? 
Oh, I don't think so. I think I think he'll definitely have an opportunity. I think the candidates have to come from somewhere. And everybody's looking to grab somebody with that upside of a Sean McVay or even a Kyle Shanahan to that point. And I know Joe's young, but he's done a lot with the little time he's been in the game. And I like your idea. I think that's a great idea of, of him being paired with a older defensive coach, a, a guy who's been through it, who can also help him be a better head coach as well because let's face it Marvin has been through a lot and has seen a lot as a as an experienced GM could help a guy like Joe Brady too I think that would help him a lot in the maturity and knowing really what's around the corner ahead of time so sometimes these instincts have to be learned with these jobs Joe just hasn't been around long enough to know where all the bones are buried a guy like Marvin or somebody like that would really be helpful to him I, I like your idea I do think the hottest name uh, is going to be Brian Dable from the Buffalo Bills. Uh, we've seen this guy. He was at Alabama with your guy Saban. Uh, mm-hmm. He spent a lot of time, Dable, in the NFC East with the uh, mm-hmm. Patriots. He had a cup of coffee with the Jets. Um, yep. uh, this guy scares me. Um, I, I, <laughs> you know, he the stuff he's doing with Josh Allen. Um, yep. I got to be honest, Randy. I did not think Josh Allen could be this guy. And right. the, the way they've schemed up, Allen and Diggs and yep. Cole Beasley all of a sudden looks like Wes Welker out there. Yeah, um, no I talk about Dable, and do you think he moves? Because, again, he's offensive coordinator. He can be a head guy. Um, or, or is he, you know, maybe not? he needs a little more time. I mean, would people freak out if Dable got a head coaching job over, say, Eric Bieniemy from Kansas City? You know, I don't know about that. I think there's going to be room for, for all these guys to probably end up somewhere. I think Brian will be at the top of some people's list. He has enough experience to where he would that would not freak me out to see him get a job like that at all. The fact that he's spent time under different head coaches is a is a good thing to me. I think that's a plus. He's kind of seen and learned the ways to do it and the ways not to do it. So I think another guy that's going to be in the mix now is a guy like Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator of the Giants. I think you're going to see his name pop up as well. Huh. Um, guy been out of the New England tree a little bit, went down to Miami with Flores, now ended up with Joe Judge back in, in New York. I think you're going to see his name thrown around a little bit as well. And I think those kind of guys are going to end up being the future of this league. You just got to pair them with the right GM and the right setup organizationally, the right ownership group, so that they have a chance. That's the thing. Some of these groups, you know, you see them hire new coaches every three, four years. That's a struggle to me. And and so hopefully the support is there when these first-time coaches do get a chance, where they're allowed to grow in their own biz, in their own way, and have people around them that can kind of help them uh, answer some of the questions before they even come up. All right, let me ask you about Patrick Grimm because I confess to not knowing his in-depth background. So yep. he was with the Dolphins last year as the defensive coordinator, I'm assuming yep. following Flores to Miami, yep. and then all of a sudden bounces after one year to go with, right. hang out with Joe Judge in New York, another uh, Belichick guy. Uh, how does he explain that in the interview process? Well, I think this this could be a case where it was good for everybody. Brian mm. Flores is a good guy. He understands that. And, and and if you look at the defense in Miami, it's always going to be Brian Flores' defense. He's right. going to have uh, – and he's going to be in the middle of that no matter what. Now, now, and I don't know this, but I think Patrick sees the Giants as, hey, here's a chance I can go do my own thing. I can make it in my own light. We can exactly attack it like I wanted to. I can call my own defenses all the time. And so maybe there's more autonomy there by him going to New York. Maybe there was other personal reasons that led him back to the Northeast as well. You know, he's a Yale grad, so he's from the Northeast. 
hey, I, I went from Idaho to Miami, and uh, <laughs> Miami wasn't for me, right? So, and I'm just saying, maybe it, it's not for, for Patrick either. You know, who knows? Mm. So, I do think he's a good coach, and they have done, like I said, a great job of building that defense with the Giants, and it's starting to come together now, and people are starting to recognize it. Yeah. Um, Randy, so a name that I don't think is really out there. Again, I, you know, being at FS1, I made some connections with some really good front office folks who have come through the halls over the last few years. And a name I keep hearing, but I haven't seen it out there, is Joe Bleemeyer. I think, I hope I'm saying that right. The passing game coordinator of the Chiefs. When I started hearing that, oh, maybe the Jets will go get Bienemy, I started asking around, okay, so is Bienemy calling the place? And somebody told me that Joe Bleemeyer, I hope I'm saying that right, actually does more play calling than Bienemy. A, do you know Joe uh, or much about him? And B, yeah. like... If he's Andy Reid's guy, is he even making the move to leave the nest? Do you leave Patrick Mahomes and that yeah. ridiculously talented Chiefs uh, roster? Yeah, I do not know the coach to you, that you speak of. I, I don't. It, it would not surprise me if he were involved. I know Andy involves all of his coaches in the game planning and in some of the play calling as well. Um, who knows if somebody would leave Mahomes? That'd be a hard one. That's yeah. like leaving Tom Brady, right? I guess though time time comes and, and you get a chance to, to run your own show, you end up doing that. But I'm not as familiar with this guy as you mentioned. Um, who knows how that ends up? I, I think the enemy is, is definitely a leader of men and a really good communicator, which happen to be two of the most critical things on my list. And I know more about him. So I think there is some some merit to him uh, not, it's not, a, not as much of a guessing game with him. All right. So just two more questions. Uh, we'll stick with, uh, the Kansas city chiefs. So Andy Reed's tree had looked good for a minute. Nagy goes to Chicago playoffs in the first year. Doug Peterson goes to Philly, gets to the wins a super bowl and yeah. both have really quickly fallen on hard times. Uh, yeah. Nagy looks like he's going to be out at the season's end in Chicago. Yeah. And, Peterson seems to have lost his way. I'll ask the general question about the Andy Reid tree, but then the second one, how much of an impact do you think Peterson's struggles have to do with losing Frank Reich, his offensive coordinator, to the Colts, who's now doing a really, really good job? Well, I think Andy does have a great Midas touch with his coaches. He involves them in very various fashions and gives them experience to at least have a chance going forward. Once they get on their own, they're on their own, right? The one thing that I think has made me nervous about both the Chicago situation and the Philly situation is that the units in question are where those guys' expertise lies. Yeah. And remember what I said about they got to be the fixers? They got to be the guys that figure things out? Well, in my opinion, neither has figured anything out. You know, they've not put Trubisky in a great position there. It doesn't seem like the game plans favor what he can do week to week. And really, I'm not going to make a case for uh, the quarterback in uh, Philly because he has struggled. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't think their game plans have varied week to week either. So I don't think Doug has done a great job of giving Carson Wentz, you know, maybe the easy throws and the things that kind of set him up as well. So both have struggled. Um, I don't know what's going to happen in both spots. Again, I get nervous when, like you said, with Patricia, the defense was the issue in, in, in Detroit, uh, Atlanta, the defense was the issue. Dan Quinn, you know, in, in Houston, the offense was a struggle and guess what? That was Bill O'Brien. Yeah. So I think there's a pattern here that if you can't figure it out and that's your area of expertise <laughs> and in Nagy's case, he's already let one coordinator go. So he's on his second coordinator there. That, that's and, and you're talking about giving up play calling. I, I just don't see those things ending well. Uh, all right, I'll wrap up on this. So John Elway 
has had a hell of a time trying to find a quarterback. And Randy, I know a lot of people are going to say, listen, John Elway's a top five, seven, ten quarterback of all time. Guy won two Super Bowls, one of the best arms. How the heck can he not find a quarterback? Uh, Randy, I'll ask if John Elway came to you and said, hey, man, I need some help. What am I missing here? Because I keep whiffing on every quarterback I make a play on. Yeah. How about this? This uh, this might make you smile. It might make you throw up, depending on if you're a Bronco fan or not. But <laughs> I remember Josh Allen, when he came out his senior year, I was in a suite in uh, Albertson Stadium at the time in Boise. And uh, Wyoming was playing in a bowl game. I think they were playing like Central Michigan or something like that. Well, this was Josh Allen's last game, right? Okay. I was in the suite watching the game. I was the national scout for the Chargers. Next to me is John Elway, who I've known for forever, all yeah. our time in AFC West together. We sat there and watched this game together. We didn't talk about Josh Allen. I didn't say a word. He didn't really either. But when we left there, I remember thinking on the way to the car, there's no way that Broncos are going to pass on this kid. No way. I mean, he played a great game. He made all the throws. I'll be honest with you. He kind of reminded me of John Elway. I mean, he's big. He's strong. He's got a rocket arm. He did all those things. And it came time for the draft that year. And and I think they picked like fifth or sixth. The Broncos did. They picked Bradley Chubb. Josh Allen goes later to Buffalo. And ever since then, I always have in my mind, what did they not like about Josh Allen? He came from right up the road, you know, 70 miles from Laramie to Denver, right? He's close by. They saw him play more than anybody. Maybe there was something there that they didn't like, but that was one. It was more of a swing and a miss without even, you know, taking the bat off your shoulder, if that can be in the case of they're searching for a quarterback. They've drafted more than one that haven't worked out and Josh Allen is right in their lap and they don't pick him. So I don't know. I so, mean, I guess, yeah, yeah it's, wow, it's hard. That's wild. I, I totally forgot about that. Taking Chubb and I forgot about the proximity Wyoming to Denver. Yeah, right uh, up so the road. Yeah. Put us in that suite there. So you guys don't <laughs> talk about Josh Allen. I mean, you guys have known each other for a long time. You're, I'm sure you talk about families and maybe the holidays or whatever, but there's no discussion of Allen. Or you just no discussion, really, no discussion of any players per se. They're competitors, right? Everybody's competing. Mm. Every you're not gonna you're not gonna compare notes on players. Uh, that's for sure. I'm gonna keep what I know in my pocket, and as others would too. I think it's funny in that same game, and I've been to a million games. It's crazy how you remember one. Steve Kime and his owner were in there as well. So the the GM of the Cardinals. Cardinals. So yeah. there were several of us in there, and 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 we had Philip Rivers in 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 in. Uh, San Diego at the time. So we were really looking for a quarterback. I think those two teams were looking for a quarterback. So it's just amazing. I guess that's why Baskin Robbins has 31 flavors, right? Yeah. Everybody gets so, to pick their favorite, you know? Kime looks like he drafted Josh Rosen at 10. I don't know if Rosen's <laughs> okay. still in the league, but I do see that you guys picked up Derwin James. Uh, not a bad, not a bad call there. I mean, <laughs> unfortunately you can't stay healthy at all. Um, but yeah, so uh, whew, the draft is coming up. Uh, how excited are you, Rand? Like, it, it, we're going to get a little bit of normalcy this year, right? I hope so. I yeah. hope the vac- vaccine comes out and people can actually do their jobs and, and be able to have some face-to-face meetings. I love the process of preparing for the draft. It's something that carried me for 30 years in the league, and I actually love that whole process of of coming together as a team, as a group of men, and uh, building a consensus on players the way you see them, communicating that. And I hope we can get back to that at some point. That's for sure. Yeah, so do I. All right, Randy Mueller, thanks a lot for your time. Great stuff. You know, continued success with the podcast on The Athletic. And uh, enjoy the games. Thanks a lot. Good talking to you. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, 
and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Hey, it's Kevin Hart. In this basketball season, Chase Freedom Unlimited is helping me cash back all my game tickets. Plus, tickets for 23 of my biggest fans to cheer me on while I enjoy the game. Find your I appreciate the support, people. Eat that pretzel. This will never get old. Use more napkins. Okay, this is starting to get old. Say the tagline. Cash back like a pro with Chase Freedom Unlimited. Chase, make more of what's yours. Restrictions and limitations apply. Cards are issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. Father's Day is coming, a day we celebrate the guy who's always there for us to crack a dad joke. Well, you know what's not a dad joke? Getting $50 off the Bartesian Premium Cocktail Maker with the purchase of his favorite cocktail capsule pack. $50 off, no dad joke. See, this is a dad joke. I lost my glasses today, and guess who I bumped into? Everyone. But the Bartesian cocktail maker, it's no joke. Each cocktail capsule contains real fruit juices and all-natural bitters, so Dad can make over 60 premium cocktails he loves. Sidecars, old fashions, gimlets, all with the push of a button. So, for the dad who loves a cocktail with friends and a good joke from time to time, get the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. $50 off now until Father's Day. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash father to get 50 off the best premium cocktail maker for dad at the best price for you. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com slash consulting. IBM. Let's create. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com, or download the app today. The only thing better than sitting on your couch watching the game is making money while you do it. Here's your best bet. Fantastic stuff from Randy Mueller. I just love the inside NFL taking me into the front offices. I don't know about you guys. I love that stuff. I like learning stuff that I did not know. Uh, you know, and, and Randy Mueller really took us inside that Nick Saban situation. Man, 
wild stuff. All right, let's get to the best bet here on Straight Fire. Nice, easy winner on Thursday night. Thank you, LA Rams, Patriots under, easily cashing. Not a big sweat. Uh, I will admit an early 90-yard or 80-yard defensive touchdown will throw a monkey wrench into things. Um, but this is a bad Patriots team, bottom line, and uh, barring some real wild chaos in the AFC, um, the Patriots will not be going to the playoffs, and it's pretty clear who won the breakup between Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Let's get to our best bets for Week 14. I'm starting with my New York Jets. No, I'm not taking the points. Seattle Jets under 47.5. So, My read on this one is Seattle's coming off a a devastating loss to the Giants. I know you're thinking, like, ah, it's not that big of a deal. Well, they had a shot at the number one seat. The schedule lined up for Seattle to make a run at the number one seed in the NFC. And losing that game to the Giants, I mean, you know, I didn't play in the NFL, but I've talked to many coaches and players who've come through FS1. I'm like a sponge trying to learn stuff. And the level of refocus that's happening in Seattle this week off that loss is one of, oh, the Rams are right there, and um, they just beat the Patriots, and we can't monkey around here. We got to put the Jets away, plus the Jamal Adams factor. Uh, You know he knows this team very well, um, and he knows Adam Gaze, and obviously they had a very ugly relationship. I just, I don't know how the Jets are able to score on this rapidly improving Seattle defense. The Jets ran for 200 yards last week, right, Um, against the Raiders, and that kept them in the game. When Sam Darnold had to drop back and pass, he had he got strip-sacked twice. He had an interception on three straight possessions. Um, problem is, it's a lot tougher to run against this Seattle team. Uh, now, we did see the Giants. Gallman broke a couple big ones at a 65-yarder. But down to down, the Giants could barely move the football. And I can sense a Seattle defensive performance here that shuts down the Jets totally. Um, this to me feels like a 24 to six kind of game, maybe 31 to nine. I got the Jets Seattle under 47 and a half. My next pick, you're going to hate, you're going to vomit in your mouth when I say it, but I have to do it. Um, I am going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers getting two. Now I didn't get the best of the number, unfortunately. That's what really stinks because this was two and a half on Thursday and this morning, it's down to two. So there, and there's going to be more money coming in on the uh, on the Steelers here. This one's uh, this is just an overreaction in the market. You guys know how markets work. Um, there are overreactions to uh, recency bias. And a week ago, the Steelers were favored in this spot by two, two and a half. Now it swung a total of four or five points, depending on what you can get this morning. If you're listening on Friday morning, and Buffalo's favored now. Um, the big thing I have to monitor is the Pittsburgh Steelers injury report. Obviously, I'm giving out two. I have bet plus two. Um, but I will not feel great about the bet going into practice, going into the weekend because of a couple things. Number one, Chase Claypool has now missed two days of practice due to an illness. There's no sign of COVID, um, but it, he just listed his illness. Also, Robert Spillane, the linebacker, the guy who stuck Derrick Henry, if you guys remember that way back, uh, tough guy, really good linebacker. He hasn't practiced this week. Left the Washington game early. Cornerback Joe Hayden in concussion protocol. Um, This is all not very good going against a Bills offense that is very, very impressive. Um, I'm taking Pittsburgh for a couple big reasons. Number one, I believe this is going to be a TJ Watt game. If you guys watched Chargers-Bills a couple weeks ago, and of course I had Chargers in that one, um, it hurt. It was a loss. Joey Bosa totally wrecked 
Josh Allen and the uh, Buffalo offense. He was so dominant off the edge. He had three sacks and six tackles for loss. He was living in the backfield, and he really disrupted that quick passing game. And when if T.J. Watt can do the same, I do believe that it will disrupt Allen a little bit. He doesn't look like he wants to run after suffering that knee injury at the hands of Bosa. Um, he didn't run as much against San Fran. It's still very mobile. Um, but coming off a loss, I have to back Pittsburgh here. Folks, they're 11-1. And there's suddenly an underdog. Mike Tomlin absolutely loves the underdog role. He relishes it. 18-11-1 in the last 30 games as a road underdog. That's 60%. That's what Mike Tomlin does. He's not good in the spots against bad teams. He has, he has a tough time sometimes getting his guys up for those. But for these big games, he's able to get the laser focus. Um, and, and he's a very big rah-rah guy. He's like, you, you see him on the sideline. He's He's fiery. I like that. I consider myself a fiery guy. Uh, so I'm taking the Steelers, getting two points on the road. Weather doesn't look like it's going to be a major factor. If anything, it could be windy, which I think hurts Josh Allen more than anything. I do worry about the Pittsburgh offense. Hopefully uh, Connor's back and the offensive line's healthy. But there is a chance, folks, that um, you know, come Sunday morning, if for some reason Claypool ain't playing and Spillane's not playing and Hayden's not playing, you're going to hate this bet, and you know I don't know that I'd recommend it, but I'm taking Steelers at two. Um, I think they win outright. So that's my second bet. Jets, Seahawks under 47.5, Pittsburgh plus two. I'm taking the Ravens, favored by two and a half against Baltimore. This is a major showdown uh, in the AFC North, and you know I, I just feel like this number is a little bit light. You know the public's going to come in on Cleveland. I mean, Baker Mayfield, four touchdowns. In the first half, they whoop up on Tennessee. And um, remember, everybody loaded up on Tennessee last week. And then on the game day, a lot of money came in on Cleveland. I like Baltimore here for one thing, pressure. We know Baker Mayfield has folded under pressure. That's the big, the big knock on him in his career. And what did Tennessee do last week? They didn't pressure him. They had one quarterback hit. Like, that ain't going to cut it. Baltimore will get pressure on the quarterback. Now, I didn't totally see it on Tuesday against Dallas. Because everybody was still coming back from COVID. You could tell nobody was 100% on that Baltimore front seven. They're going to dial up the pressure. And now you're talking about a much better secondary in Baltimore, right? Uh, Peters, Jimmy Smith, Humphrey. Uh, The Tennessee secondary is terrible. Um, I don't know if Higgins and Donovan Peoples-Jones are going to have as much success against this Baltimore secondary. I'm taking the Ravens getting two and a half. I would suspect that hits three. Uh, much closer to game time, so I'd recommend getting that early. I'm going to give out a fourth, and it's a um, it's a terrific teaser. It is taking two big spreads, uh, Tennessee and Green Bay, and taking them through the key numbers of seven and three. And I'm betting Tennessee favored by one and a half, and Green Bay favored by one and a half. Tennessee will bounce back and beat Jacksonville. The question is by how much? Do they win it like by three? Because Mike Glennon suddenly plucky, and Tennessee's defense stinks. Um, or do they win big, bouncing back against a pretty much an overrated uh, Jacksonville team that somehow was able to stick around against uh, Minnesota last week? Um, I like Tennessee favored by one and a half on the teaser. And Green Bay, um, I think I might end up betting Green Bay in the contest. They're favored by seven and a half. Uh, you tease it down to one and a half. You give me Aaron Rodgers in a dome where this season he has thrown, I believe, 14 touchdowns and one interception. Uh, you know, You watch the Packers and you almost feel like Rodgers and the floor are trying to get Rodgers an MVP. 
They throw so much when they're up big. They th- they love to throw Rodgers touchdown passes inside the 10. Um, Aaron Jones, he's not going down on a 70-yard breakaway late in the game. He's adding points. Like they These Packers want style points. And I'm toying with this idea that everybody who's been bagging on LaFleur and Rodgers, including myself in the offseason, I took some shots, um, I, I'm wondering if maybe this is an upgrade given how ugly things were between Rodgers and McCarthy at the end. Remember, they really fell apart that final season, um, and LaFleur and Rodgers are just coasting. They're wrecking people. Yeah, the defense stinks, So, uh, but teasing them, they got to win the game by wait, by two points. So if you take Tennessee down to one and a half and Green Bay down to one and a half, I, I'm feeling real good. So those are the four plays. Baltimore favored by two and a half. Um, Pittsburgh getting two in Buffalo and Seattle Jets under 47 and a half. Obviously, I want to thank the Patriots and Rams for staying under for a no sweat Thursday night cover. Let's let's crush it. Let's go 4-0 this weekend, everybody. I'll see you on Monday. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Kevin Hart here. This basketball season, Chase Freedom Unlimited is helping me cash back on everything. Even the sound system that auto-tunes the game. Curry from way downtown. Will the owner of a red sedan please visit guest services? Bet you've never heard cash back and sound like that. Cash back like a pro with Chase Freedom Unlimited. Chase, make more of what's yours. Restrictions and limitations apply. Cards are issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. An October morning in a quiet suburb in a town in Scotland. A man is walking his dog when suddenly shots are fired from a car. The man falls to the ground and the car speeds off. An ordinary residential area, but extraordinary things happen in ordinary places. The instinct right away was it was a political thing. We're talking about Russian trained, high-ranking officer in the Secret Service. An Assassin Comes to Town, a six-part podcast. Available now, wherever you get your podcasts. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.